0: Welcome to Let's Talk Product, a podcast by Propeller about building software products and companies. I'm your host, Leen Ashqal, and on this show, we explore what it takes to build global tech products. We cover everything from user experience to customer obsession, product strategy to scaling software. If you're a MENA-based startup looking for an early stage investor, get in touch. We'd love to talk. Today I'm excited to have Tarek Siksik, co-founder and head of product at AlmaHealth and previously lead product manager at Dubizzle, join me on the show. AlmaHealth is a recently launched health tech startup in the UAE and Tarek is responsible for making sure the company is building a product that will truly transform lives. Before building anything, he and his team spend the first few months speaking to potential customers and validating their ideas. On this episode, he explains exactly how he's been carrying out customer discovery and how their solution has evolved throughout the process. Tare, thank you so much for joining me today. very excited about digging deeper into how you've been understanding your customers and solving their problems at AlmaHealth. But before we get into that discussion, I'd like to start off by hearing from you how you got started in product.
1: Yes, th- thank you, Lin. Thank you for having me. I'm super excited to be on this uh, podcast. It's my first one, actually, and uh, I'm very happy to uh, share my, uh, my knowledge and insights. Uh, so how I started in product is actually, it's a long story, but uh, it starts maybe around 12 years ago. I was actually working uh, in Canada in a factory, uh, and then uh, through kind of a a uh, series of fortunate events, you can say. I ended up working, uh, I took an internship job one summer in Jordan, and I ended up working in a uh, online agency. And this was back in 2008. So things were very kind of uh, still new uh, in terms of you know, when it comes to online, social. Uh, and I remember as a, as part of my job, I had to run some analytics and reports uh, and uh, I I was introduced to Google Analytics, and as soon as I saw that, kind of my, like my my mind kind of just exploded. I'm like, "Wow, you mean to tell me this is real time? I can see how many people are actually on my <laughs> website right now and all that." And I kind of dug deeper into that, and I started working in an agency full time, and then from there I was working as an account executive, uh, and like uh, an account manager, you can say. So what I was doing at that time was, we were working closely with clients, building websites, building microsites at the time. I don't know if you remember microsites <laughs> uh, and like Facebook applications and all that. Uh, and and it wasn't really product per se, it was more on uh, just delivery. So I feel from there, I learned a lot of like stakeholder management, uh, Wireframing, uh, you know, user experience, which is kind of related to product, but it's not the only thing in product. Uh, and then from there, I kind of jumped ship. Uh, I started my own thing. I started my own agency, and this is when I really got more into product. I didn't know it at the time, but like, I would have clients, and I would start asking them questions like, "Why do you want to do this? What's the objective behind it?" And like, let's look at some, you know. The term I used to use was case studies, but like really data, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. who did what, how do you do it, is there a need, is there a market? Mm-hmm. So without really knowing it, I was doing it. And then uh, it was around that time that actually the uh, uh at the time was still growing. Uh, this is around 2010, 2011. Mm-hmm. And then I, they actually were my first client or one of my first clients. And then slowly, slowly, I kind of got more into like, okay, what it means to do product, and what is product. And then I joined them full time in 2013, almost. Uh, and yeah, so it it was uh, that's when I really got into product management. And I remember, you know, uh, we had a uh, was a close friend now, but at the time he was my manager as well. He came in and he started like no this is not how you do product this is not product and you know like just kind of teaching us about how you do product how you handle it you know it's it's, uh it's more about you know finding out problems creating value um and how do you do that you know with tech and design and you know just kind of also assessing the market seeing if there's a need and how big of a need prioritization all that stuff and that's, mm-hmm. that, that's kind of my story into how I got into product. So I wasn't planning to get into it, but I kind of stumbled upon it, I guess.
0: Okay. And you kind of just fell in love with it, I guess.
1: Yes, definitely. Yeah.
0: <laughs> okay. And can you tell us a bit more about how you got involved with Alma Health?
1: Yeah, sure. So. Alma Health is a very early stage health tech startup. We are based in Abu Dhabi and we are operational in Abu Dhabi at the moment. It's it's a, it's a few months old. Yeah, like it's very new. Our vision is to develop the first platform, digital health platform to help people with chronic conditions to improve their lives and regain control over their lives. Uh, so a chronic condition is anything that's recurring, so like think of diabetes, think of mm-hmm. hypertension. And what we're trying to do is uh, give them uh, a way to manage their lives better and not make the chronic condition the, you know, the big elephant in the room. No, it has to be in the background. It's not something that drives them. It's something that, yes, that's fine, you know, it doesn't define them. And so how I got involved with it is uh, is actually pretty interesting because uh, I was looking at new things to join or to start. and. The opportunities available weren't something that I was excited about. It just felt like, mm-hmm. ah, you know the same thing over and over. Until I spoke with my co-founder, who is Khaldun. Mm-hmm. Khaldun his name is Khaldun Bersmaq. He's an ex-Kareem as well. Uh, and then we started speaking, and he started telling me, you know, this is our vision. This is what we want to do. And he started telling me, you know what, read about, you know, how big... And how bad the situation is in the MENA region, and and like you know, as soon as I had that chat, and as soon as you know, I, I looked into the numbers, mm-hmm. you know, it just felt good. It felt like it's something meaningful, something meaningful, something you know, you have the power to to help people, Uh, you're giving back to the community. Mm -hmm. And no offense to all the other kind of like uh, marketplaces or e-commerce, but like, Mm -hmm. although they add value, but this I felt like was closer to home. It's something that I couldn't say no to, to be honest. It was very exciting. And uh, the fact that it was a startup and they're trying, or we are trying to kind of uh, solve this big, huge problem in a very heavily regulated industry. It's very Mm -hmm. challenging, but I think it's rewarding so far.
0: 100 percent well on on that topic of solving that problem, I'd like to dig deeper into how you carry out customer discovery, which for those who are unfamiliar with the term, it's essentially the first step of building a new product or company where you find out who the customers are and whether the problem you believe you're solving is important or not, right? So essentially, you're going out there to validate all your hypotheses about Mm -hmm. problem, customer, product, idea. Mm -hmm. So going back to the early, early days of AlmaHealth, Mm-hmm. How did you guys start? Like what was the first thing you did? How did you go about validating the problem that you initially intended to solve?
1: Yeah, that's a great question and it's uh I'll tell you it was a lot, a lot of work. Uh and we're still doing it to be honest, we're never done. Uh but so we started with this idea. We knew we knew people have chronic illnesses here. We knew it's a problem. Okay, so then we started we started speaking with people, like uh, there's no there's no like magic bullet or there's no like easy way around it. You have to speak with the people who are impacted. So we know it's a big problem, and now uh, we started identifying, okay, how can we speak to these people? right? So, uh, mm-hmm. so obviously, through friends and family, you, you you know you have one contact here, two contacts there. you speak with them you start hearing how big of a problem it is how bad the process is to get kind of to 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 you know just to get their medication or just to see a doctor or you know how tedious the process is so like you get a few answers here and there you you kind of get kind of i'm not going to say validated but like you 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 kind of get some confidence that you're going at least in the right direction Uh, And then we started doing, you know what, we we said we need to speak to more people. Uh, What do we start with? Mm -hmm. So I remember uh, the question at the beginning was uh, for us, do we focus on a certain uh, chronic condition, like just diabetes? Do we focus on a certain geographical area? Uh, And how do we know what they want and what should we solve for them? So we did a number of things. Really, honestly, it was a lot of testing. And we did Mm -hmm. a number of things. The first thing is we just kind of... uh, as some, the simplest thing is we just kind of created a Google form, shared it on WhatsApp, uh, shared it on uh, on LinkedIn, share, shared it through family and friends. We got a, we we got we we got a, around like almost a hundred responses, which we knew were people who had c- chronic conditions. So uh, we started speaking to them. Okay, uh, you know, like what are their problems? Uh, what's uh, what would they like uh, us to solve? You know outside of price because prices are regulated here outside of price what is the biggest thing you face as a problem um so that was one avenue the second avenue was we actually created landing pages uh on our site with different messages uh and we ran uh, multiple ca- uh campaigns on instagram and facebook so uh basically we had different messaging so if you saw an ad, you might you might have seen an ad that said, "Hey, do you need help with di- getting diabetes medication?" You'd click on it, you'd land on a page that had just, you know, a few paragraphs or a few few words around diabetes, around the same message, and a form to fill out, and then somebody would contact them. We had other messages mm-hmm. like you know, like uh, uh, hypertension. We had uh, another message because we heard this a lot, like. From speaking initially with the first 100 people, we heard a lot that, hey, I'm waiting up to three, four hours in the pharmacy to get my medication. So one messaging was, hey, do you are you waiting a lot? You know, we, we offer quick delivery. You don't have to wait.
0: So the form and the, and the landing sites were more of channels for you to acquire customers to conduct interviews with.
1: Yes, precisely. So once we had the, because like, how, how do you talk to people? How do you get these people? So... And keep in mind, like we didn't have a ready product at all. We just had landing pages, and mm-hmm. uh, and we would call them. I would introduce. I actually, called like over four hundred fifty people. Uh, oh wow! Yeah, uh, I I would I would call them. I would ask them. Uh, like first of all, I would introduce myself. What we're trying to do, uh-huh. uh, and I would just ask them questions in terms of uh, like what, like how is. I would ask them to explain their journey at the moment And where they see they have problems with it, and then also I would ask them, which was honestly something that gave me the most kind of like aha moment or experience, was when I asked them what they liked about the experience. Even though they were saying it's a negative one, it's long, tedious, but every time I asked them, okay, is there any positives? I was surprised to say that yes, in most Mm -hmm. cases there was a positive. but that, but that doesn't mean, like, it doesn't mean that we are not solving anything. We are mm-hmm. still solving a problem. But the, the point of the question was to kind of see what they value. Like, a lot of times it would be, yes, I like the fact that I'm speaking with uh, somebody who has authority, like a doctor or a pharmacist, you know. It kind of starts showing you, like, oh, these guys or these people, they value trust or they value convenience. You know, like, oh, I like that it's open 24-7, for example. Things like that, you know, like you will never know where you will get the insights from.
0: I love that because talking to customers is actually really hard, right? Like I'm sure you know this, having spoken to 450 of them. And you need to dig really deep to uncover the true pain points because sometimes they might say something, but what they feel or what what they think is something completely different. So have you developed any techniques or tricks that have allowed you to kind of uncover that real deep insight
1: yes yes so uh i, I can't I, I can say that i'm getting better at it but there is a, there is a uh, I, I think there's a book called the lean product uh market the lean product strategy i think I, I forgot what it's called but uh so he, uh, he, he he talks about a way which i've used which is kind of like uh, to understand the root problem, just keep asking why. You know, you know, you know how kids ask why, 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 like mm-hmm. you know. And usually, within three to five whys, you get to the root problem. Uh, and it's very true. People usually say something, uh, and they say they will use it, or yes, it's very valuable, but then end up they won't using it, even though they said it was. Mm-hmm. So I, I've I've actually realized that people here in the region they're not. They're very nice, or they're afraid to tell you negative feedback. 100%. They're neg- negative feedback. So, so like they, they, I don't know. I guess they don't want to hurt your feelings, so they don't tell you the truth. And then, so like you start asking questions and digging deeper, and just like, just like if they say a statement, uh, you can just keep asking why. You know, like that. That's super important. And I know it's it sounds trivial, but honestly, like if you keep asking why, uh, I've, I've had this happen a number of times where, you know, the patient or the person I'm speaking with starts with a very high level problem. Like, uh, like uh, I, I want, like, why do I have to, or like, I don't like waiting for three hours. And then once you ask, keep asking why, 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 you end up with a completely different problem and a completely different solution. And mm-hmm. uh, it turns out, you know, like, it's not the wait that they're bothered, it's that you know, they have to leave, uh, I, I don't know, this example maybe is not the best one, but like like asking why is very important, because as soon as you hear a problem from a, a patient, you start developing solutions, it's natural, you shouldn't, but mm-hmm. it's natural, you do. And then the more questions you ask, you'll end up with a completely different problem and a different solution. So, so it, you just have to keep talking and asking them.
0: A great book on that as well, I'm not sure if you've read it, it's called The Test. Same concept of how people, it's exactly yeah. what you said, you know, they're always going to come to you uh, with positive feedback because they do, do yeah. not want to hurt your feelings. So they've developed like a, a framework in terms of asking questions. I haven't
1: read it, but but I've, uh, I, I have heard of it, but yeah, definitely it happens a lot.
0: Yeah. So on uh, on the topic of carrying out the conversation, do you present the solution? during your customer interviews? Do you tell them what you guys are working on?
1: Uh, Absolutely not. No, absolutely not. I don't because I don't. uh, So at the beginning, I do introduce that uh, something very high level that, you know, we're trying to help people with chronic conditions. So at least they have an idea. Like, it's not like I'm not just somebody completely out of the blue talking to them. I I give them context, but I don't give them the solution because if I give them the solution, I'm just kind of uh, how you say, pigeonholing them to the solution. And then, you know, they wouldn't be, then they'll just, you know, it's biased. They will answer according to what I tell them. From my experience with this, with Alma Health, it is it is kind of difficult because it, uh, nothing like this exists in the region. So it's kind of hard for them to imagine uh, like a solution. So that's kind of been helpful for us. So they just tell us their problems. Um, but i definitely wouldn't start with this is what we're doing one two three do it uh because then i wouldn't know what their problems are and i would just Mm -hmm. get positive reinforcement that oh yeah you know what what i'm doing is right because they told me so
0: exactly one thing that we come across uh, too often is that there are quite a lot of founders that are afraid of approaching potential customers too early on mm-hmm. thinking that they might you know lose their chance with that potential customer mm-hmm. um, as we say in right? arabic yeah. <laughs> "and right in your opinion when is the right time to start engaging with potential customers and is it ever too early i I don't,
1: I don't i don't think it's ever too early to be honest i think you just have to get out there and speak to them um like you, you like, so we're going through a lot of these in the past few months. We've been going through a lot of these uh, kind of like changes and I wouldn't say pivots, but like changes and like changes in direction. so I, I don't I don't think you'll ever be ready. And like we were just having a chat internally yesterday, and like you will not know unless if you go through it, you know, you unless if you go through, you will not know all the answers. So the best thing you can do is like be prepared uh, as best as you can. And then just start speaking with people because the sooner you speak to them, the more insights, the better insights you'll get, and then the more you can build on that. Because if you wait until you have a ready product and a perfect product, you're already too late, and uh, and th- and then like it will never be perfect, right? So especially for a startup, like again, like when we, we when we start talking to people, we didn't have anything. We just had a landing page and a website. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we were actually telling them, hey, you can contact us or send us your prescription on on WhatsApp as well. We still do. Um, even though we do have an app, uh, but uh, it's, it's you know, like, you're never too early. In my mind, you're never too early. Just go, just go ahead.
0: As long as also you're making it clear that this conversation is about understanding the problem, you're not there to pitch a product. So that kind of sets the stage to where this conversation is going. 100%. 100%. moving on to the next stage so you gather all that data mm-hmm. and 450 customer interviews is a lot of data yeah how do you figure out what to accept what to reject so how do you analyze all this information
1: so i mean that's it's kind of like art and science together so what we did is we presented all the kind of uh, we kind of group them into buckets or categories. Mm-hmm. Like anytime a word was mentioned that sparked convenience, like we kind of bucketed the responses into like, okay, how many times uh, people mentioned this? We marked it as, you know, a a, a positive for convenience. Uh, every time somebody mentioned price, we mentioned price, you know? And then we kind of tallied up all these points and we kind of put a uh, a graph to see what people are more interested in. Is it convenience? Is it saving time? Is it saving costs? All that stuff. And then we started, you know, like, okay, we identified people would prefer convenience and let's say trust. Uh, And then based on that, what can we do that would provide this solution to the patients or the users? And, And it's clear, like, it's very clear. Once you hear it to people... Like after speaking to a few hundred people, you hear the same problem. Mm -hmm. You will hear the same bucket of buckets of problems. So like, why do I have to go see the doctor every three months if he's going to give me the same prescription? Why do I wait a long time Mm -hmm. uh, at the pharmacy to get my prescription? Mm -hmm. Why can't I always find my medication? You know, if you boil it down, it's like these are the root problems. And then from that, you start like adding the layers. And
0: did you choose one of these buckets to solve first? Yes. Did you prioritize these?
1: OK. Yes, definitely, yes. So uh, looking at all the problems, uh, we recognize that the first problem, which is the lowest hanging fruit, would be to kind of uh, help people in the fulfillment and uh, delivery of prescriptions. So that kind of solves two problems from the three or four major ones we've identified. So basically, they can get in touch with us, they can provide us with their prescription, we will deal with the insurance companies, okay. and we will package it, and then we will deliver it.
0: And why did you choose this problem out of all the others? Was it the most intense pain, or were there no alternative solutions solving that? Like, And if you were to say, these mm-hmm. are the criteria we looked at, is there something that kind of just made it surface up?
1: So I think there's a number of reasons why we chose that one. Primarily, it was the, the quickest way to go to market. And it okay. was the, the, the path of least resistance, you can say, at the same time delivering value to people. So it's uh, from 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 a lot of the interviews we've had, it is considered a problem. There are other people doing what we are currently doing, but nobody is doing it with this niche market. Or not primarily focusing on this niche market, but once you get into the space, I mean, there's a lot of regulations. There's a lot of uh, a lot of uh, things you have to make sure you are up to par with. For example, fulfilling uh, sorry, uh, prescribing the prescriptions itself, because then you need a doctor, and then you need a health clinic, and then it gets bigger and more expensive, mm-hmm. and it's not the easiest path to market. So we we decided this would still be delivering value while being our quickest way to market and get people onboarded
0: Makes sense. Yeah, because you are guy you guys are operating in a highly regulated market. So you also have to make sure you're working around all these constraints and mm. kind of validating a solution as fast as possible, right?
1: Yes, definitely. So so just on the validation part. So now we know we're still not hundred percent out of the woods. We 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 know the problems, we clearly know and understand the problems, and we are working with solutions. Uh, and we are being very flexible and nimble with these solutions. So what we're doing right now is working. Is it working uh, better than another solution that we could do? We're still not sure. So we're still testing, you know, we're doing a lot of things uh, in parallel as well.
0: But has the solution itself changed ever since you guys launched?
1: Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. The core is still the same, but it has okay. it, it has changed. So like initially uh, it was, uh, you could order your medication and because that's what we're hearing, you know, like I'm waiting a long time and then like so, uh, so and then we started getting different feedback which is a bigger problem like why do i have to see a doctor every 3 months and then he will just give me the same prescription right so the doctor visit it's it's very tedious and like you know you have to take time off your day to go and then you know if if, if there's a case where they might ask you to do tests you have to go do the tests wait for the results and then book another appointment go back to the doctor And then go wait and get the medication right and that's if you have one chronic condition so keep in mind especially the older the older people if they have Mm -hmm. one chronic condition like let's say diabetes most probably they have other conditions so this Mm -hmm. process has to be repeated a multiple of times so why do i like that's that's kind of a big problem like why do i have to keep like taking to half a day every three months to go see one doctor and then another like two days to do the test and see him again and get the medication. So it's, it's just a lot of work and a lot of time. So after knowing that, we kind of changed direction to, okay, fine, we will still uh, provide and fulfill medication. But now uh, the, the next stage or the next thing we are working on is uh, being able to provide virtual diagnosis and and prescription with a doctor through the app, so mm-hmm. so that you know we close the entire loop, so that patients can within 15 minutes speak with the doctor. Uh, the doctor can you know assess their uh, their history, can assess mm-hmm. their situation, and then write a prescription. And then everything hap- is happening through the app. So doctor consultation, prescription fulfillment, delivery, all through the app. Mm-hmm. The patient doesn't have to go anywhere unless if there's some tests required but mm-hmm. you know like a process or a journey that would take like three four days spread out mm-hmm. would be kind of reduced to 15 minutes and then the delivery the same or next day depending so yeah so that's what we're trying to do and that's the, the direction that we are moving into like it wasn't on a radar when we first started but now we see it as potentially you know uh, a big thing
0: core of your product yeah yes so that's i guess the mvp as you mentioned was the simpler prescription component and then mm-hmm. the deeper you you went in on the problem uh, the clearer the product roadmap
1: a hundred percent yes 100%.
0: so tare um, before we wrap this up uh, have you in any way found hacks to shorten the feedback cycle and the customer discovery process either at alma health or previously in your career
1: yeah definitely uh i can give two examples one example is from alma health uh the the way we kind of got people to get in touch with us it doesn't have to be something uh very flashy it doesn't have to be something complete like a a whole product it was just a landing page very basic and even the google forms it was very basic you know and it's like we don't have to wait like i've heard of stories of friends uh who created Facebook pages and just started selling on Facebook pages until they built like a, a new commerce shop. Another example is, uh, is at, at my time at the Bizzle, we used to do a lot of tests and A-B tests and experiments. So something that we, uh, we would know that takes six or seven weeks to deliver, we would try to figure out how can we test it very easily, very cheaply, very quickly. And a lot of times we, like for example, uh we we wanted to introduce a payment wall for example to buy a product uh instead of building it we just placed a pop-up and said hey if you want to continue you have to pay and then the users like thinks they're going through the payment but then at the end we say oh okay it's your lucky day you didn't pay That Mm -hmm. gave us feedback, you know, how many people will go through it, what's the conversion rates, we can project better, you know, stuff like this. A lot of times we added buttons that didn't do anything, but we just wanted to see if people were click on it, how many people are clicking on it, and then if we saw a lot of people are clicking on it, we'd build that feature. It's, uh, again, you don't do it to 100% of the people, you do it to a fraction, Mm -hmm. Uh, but, I mean, it's a good way of getting feedback quickly, cheaply, Without having to build something, because as a product manager or person, uh, the you know like the fear is like uh, building something that nobody's gonna use, and there's a lot of features uh, that I was involved in that weren't uh, you know weren't as successful, but they were huge learning experiences.
0: Hundred mm-hmm. percent. And as a founder now, do you have any advice? for uh, anyone who's looking to start their own company.
1: Yes, definitely. I think I have been very lucky enough to join a very strong team. I find it very helpful that I have somebody I can speak with like Haldun and we can just, you know, share ideas. So, if you are thinking of starting something, I would definitely recommend getting a co-founder, just somebody, you know, that can you know, put you in check, uh, hold you accountable, you know, uh, throw off, bounce off ideas off of each other. That's super helpful. Mm -hmm. And I would also recommend not to wait for like, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I know know that feeling where like, I just wait until it gets better or it's perfect. It will never be perfect. It's always going to have issues. I would definitely uh, advise people to kind of just keep plugging through, keep pushing through and not to give up. And uh, yeah, the best of luck.
0: Well, best of luck to you too. Thank Uh, you. I'm very excited to see you guys disrupt this whole uh, industry. And it's great to see the process of which you've been building product and that dedication to really uncovering the true pain points. So thanks for coming on the show and sharing all of these incredible insights.
1: Thank you, Lynn. Thank you. It was great. Uh, I I really loved it. I I enjoyed it. And hopefully, I was uh, helpful to everybody who was thinking of starting a startup. I'm sure. I'm sure it was.
0: Thanks once again, Tarek. Have a great day.
1: You too. Thank you.